boobs. Um, I grew up probably like many women, perhaps some of your audience, um, people listening, I grew up just obsessed with boobs. I just, ever since I was a little girl, I just wanted big boobs. Um, I think where I first, where it first started for me was I found um, my dad's Playboy mm. when I was probably about seven and I obviously looked through it I and I saw all these, what's that? They've got huge tits. They've, got, they've all got massive tits. Yeah. They're, all, they're all massive and they're beautiful and you know, um, it was sort of like I was this it was like a whole new world and then after that I found my brother's mood magazines and they were a little bit more hardcore than Dad's Playboy but again like just these big boobs everywhere and they and these women were all just so sexy so I just kind of from a very early age um just developed this obsession with big boobs. Welcome to the Win at Life podcast a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can break free from restrictive diets and build a body and life you love. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and your host for this episode. Today I'm sitting down with friend and author Hedley Dorenzi. Hedley is the writer and author of six books, including her latest, Itsy and Bitsy, Two Little Boobs Who Dream of Making It Big. It's basically a children's style book for adults, inspired by her breast augmentation and then explant six months later. I've had Hedley on the podcast before to talk about self-worth. If you're a woman who struggles with self-worth, I highly recommend you give it a listen. In this episode, we're talking everything fake boobs. Headley shares her struggles with her body image and why she got her implants put in in the first place and then why only six months later she got them taken out. I'm also getting my implants removed and if you're listening to this, it means I've had my operation and they're out. So if you're a woman who's considering getting breast implants or someone who has implants and has been thinking about getting them taken out, then this is a must listen. I just love Headley. I think she's warm, open, and shares her experiences so authentically. As always, take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-L-D. Let's spread the word and free other women from restricted diets. Hi, Headley. Uh, welcome back to the Win at Life podcast. We had such a great response to the previous podcast that we did on um, self-worth, so it's so nice to, to have you back. Thank you so much for having me back, Kitty. <laughs> that was um, I had so much fun that last time with you. So, so I'm good. very happy to be back. Yeah, and you know, today we're talking about fake tits, fake boobs, and Headley's. Because I mean, everyone who well, if you've been following me, you'll know that I'm getting my implants removed um, in December, December the seventh. It's all booked in, um, and Headley's had implants and had them out. She's actually written a book about it too, which I'll put the link in the bottom of the podcast so people um can find it so i don't know where do you want to start um <laughs> gosh it's such a big topic <laughs> that pun <laughs> it's such a i mean all right fake boobs um i grew up probably like many women perhaps some of your audience um mm. people listening i grew up just obsessed with boobs i just ever since i was a little girl I just wanted big boobs. Um, I think where I first, where it first started for me was I found um, my dad's Playboy mm. when I was probably about seven and I obviously looked through it I and I saw tits. all these, what's that? They've got huge tits. They've, got, they've all got massive tits. Yeah. They're, all, they're all massive and they're beautiful and, you know, um, 
it was sort of like I was this it was like a whole new world and then after that I found my brother's nude magazines and they were a little bit more hardcore than dad's playboy but again like just these big boobs everywhere and they and these women were all just so sexy so I just kind of from a very early age um just developed this obsession with big boobs and I was always tall and thin as a, a little girl and um I I sort of I guess I just had this sort of secretive obsession for a long time. Mm. And I remember the first time where it sort of, I was outed. Um, I would have been about, how old would I have been? I would have been eight or nine perhaps. And we were at Southwest Rocks um, where we were having summer holidays and we would holiday with these families. And, and there was a girl who was a bit older than one of the daughters. She was a bit older than me. And so she must've been about 14 or something. Mm. And she had massive boobs, like the boobs that you would see in these magazines. Yeah. And I didn't know it at the time, but she kind of called me over at one point. She's like, um, Hedley, I, I know why you're staring at me all the time. And I'm like, well I didn't know I'd been staring but I'm like why and she's like well because I've got such big boobs and you want big boobs too but <laughs> you know so she's like but don't worry you you yours will grow you're still really young and and yeah. you just gotta wait until they grow so I, I remember being just so embarrassed and then at the same time so relieved that like okay okay I can just relax. oh my god my, it's okay they're gonna come they're coming my boobs are coming <laughs> Exactly. And so then, you know, 12, 13, I get my period at 14, 15, I'm as flat as everyone else is popping up all around me and there's just no boobs. And I just remember going to my mum, like I can't remember, I must have been 16 by then, and I just remember crying, like sobbing and being like, Mum, why won't my boobs grow? Claudia said that they'd grow. And she's like, oh, no, darling, like in our genes, in our family, like we're all flat. And so you, it's probably like you're going to be flat too. And I just remember it was just like the world ended. Mm. And, um, well, that's right. I sort of actually forgot a little bit. Um, but when I was nine, I had a diving teacher who sexually molested me, kind of forgot that part. Of, and he actually would rub my boobs and he would say to me, once you get some tits, you'll be perfect. So that was a pretty strong messaging at the time that I, and so that probably led to my obsession with big boobs as well, was that this, this, I mean, he was a pedophile, mm. um, but that messaging just kind of got super locked in. And so then throughout my life, I was one obsessed with having big boobs, but then also I refused to do it because I refused for him to be correct. I refused to give my diving teacher the power that he would be right. So all my life I sort of wanted boobs, but I wasn't going to get them. And it was just this obsession. And then finally when I turned 40 um, a couple of years ago, I still had this obsession and I just thought, fuck this. I'm 40 years old and I'm still obsessed with having boobs. And I'm within two weeks I had, I had them done. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. What size yeah. did you get? I got, um, well, gosh, there's so much in this topic, isn't there? And so because, oh, there's so much. Oh, God, because I'm like, I think of the, the doctor that I went to see, he was considered the Rolls Royce of boobs mm. and he was also the most expensive. And I said, I want to go, I want to go big, big enough to make it worth it, but small enough to be natural, like to look <laughs> natural. <laughs> And um, I figured if I'm paying that much, he, he should be. I paid about fifteen thousand for it, which I, it was a lot more expensive than. Yeah, yeah, because about ten. I think mine cost ten. 
Did you pay 10? Yeah, yeah. that's about right. Yeah. Between 10 and 12 is kind of, you know, anyway. And apparently somebody asked him, well, how can you charge so much? And he goes, because I can. Because yeah, people wow. pay it. That's literally yeah. the only reason. He's obviously good, though, I guess. Well, hmm, he's he, for some. I don't think he was that great for me. He, in answer to your question, he suggested I go three, um, 395, mm. 395 cc. Mm-mm. I brought him down because I felt they would be too big. So I, I think I went down to 350 mm. cc. They were still too big. They felt too big when you had them on. I'm, I'm tall yeah. and thin. I'm slim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got, you know, and then I've got these massive... Um, big boobs. Do you know, like most women I've spoken to have got them in and then they wish they went bigger? And that's what he said to me. Yeah. Both most women, they get them and then they regret and then they want to go bigger. And so yeah. it's a very confusing experience to go through because, one, you've never had them before. You've got nothing to judge it mm. against. You're getting these, all of these inputs from all these different people. You've got the doctors saying go bigger. I had my mum in my ear saying go smaller. In fact, she was like, please don't do it. But if you're going to do it, go smaller. Mm. It is, it's a mind fuck. It really mm. is. Um, and, yeah, there's just there's so many layers to it. that. that. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I actually, when I got mine done, he's like, you should get 420. And I was like, no, I'll get 425. Because, oh. I, like, I mean, I'm pretty, like, obviously quite big shoulders and, like, you know, and because I, I thought, oh, everyone says that they wish they went, like, every single person I've met will, like, wish that they'd gone bigger. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, yeah, you don't, when you put them in, you're like, they just look massive. Because I, I said to him, I was like, back then, so bad. Oh, saying you sound so, so it was just before I met Craig. So it's, like, six and a half years ago. But I was like to him. Oh, I just, I want those real fake stripper looking tits, you know, to really like, he's like, I don't do them, Kitty. He's like, yours aren't going to look like that. He said, you've already got boobs. So he's like, they're not going to sit really high. And he's like, that's not a good look anyway. And I was like, okay, right. Wow. You had a good doctor. (laughs) Yeah. But this is the thing. This is like, this is the other problem I have with it. And the thing I I just want to point out, I have no moral problem with anyone doing anything to their body. Oh, same. I'm like, like I still look at other women with big tits and I'm like, because Craig and I'll be walking down the street in the Gold Coast because obviously you know what the Gold Coast is like. Like every second chick has fake tits and lip filler and, you know, like we'll be walking along and there'll be this chick with huge hooters and I'll, I'll be looking at it and Craig will be looking at her and we'll both be like, whoa, like look at that woman, you know. I just, I don't know, I still like big boobs too. Yeah, I, I still, still like them. Yeah. I would love to have been born with big, beautiful, natural boobs. Natural, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I just find that there's been this, con- and this is the thing that I realised once, once I had them in or once I had them, certainly once I had them out, because mm. I had them out six months after I had them in. Mm. I was just like, get these fuckers out of me. This is it just, it was like waking up from a, from a trance. And I feel like women, as women, as we have certainly, not everyone, because I've spoken to some women and they, they haven't experienced this, but certainly mm. a lot of us have been put under this kind of spell where we be, we've been brought up to believe that um, our bodies are not good enough the way they are and in particular our breasts are not big enough the way they are Mm. and the ones who are profiting from this are men and it's not only kind of you know it's the the male doctors like where are all the female surgeons where are all the female cosmetic surgeons that is so true that is so true 
Yeah, you're right, actually. Like when I went to get mine, I never remembered looking, seeing, coming across a female plastic surgeon. Yeah, it's almost like like wow. women somehow, or I know that there are a few female surgeons, mm. I do know that, but they're so far, like few and far between, mm. that you have to go looking hard to find a female cosmetic surgeon who does breast augmentation. The mm. rest of them are men, and I just have this kind of like like problem with men being the ones to say, okay, this is, you know, I'm going to make your body, I'm going to make your boobs look like this and this will look fantastic. And then they show these before and afters of their work as if they're the ones who are responsible for creating your big, beautiful breasts. And I'm like, mm. I don't know, I just kind of, I'm like, where where are the female surgeons in this? And it, it's, yeah, I, I just, and but not even that, that's just personal opinion. That's, mm. that's sort of not the issue that I see. I, I think just for health reasons, um, since I've had the mountain and I've been involved in these some of these forums, um, the issues that so many women have with their implants and the pain that it causes them, the the stress, um, the breast implant illness, um, mm. there are so many issues that don't get discussed or talked about before you get them in. Totally, not nothing. Nothing. Was, nothing was discussed with me at all. Just yeah. coming in, what size do you want? Not what are the risks? You know. Did you get, like, I just find that sometimes the doctors, they will be like, oh, look, there might be a risk of um, capsular contraction, blah, blah, blah. Like it's so, it's delivered, the information is delivered in such a blase way that you kind of go, eh, no big deal. I didn't even remember even saying that. I didn't even remember. Maybe I just had selective hearing, you know. Maybe I was just, yeah, because, like, (laughs) I didn't give a shit then. I was just, I just wanted to get get them in, you know. Yeah. No one was going to change my mind. I don't give a shit what effects there are. Yeah. But my God, there are side effects. Like, why are you getting yours out? Well, I just, I did a video on this on uh, Instagram, so I'll just keep it nice and short so I don't hijack the podcast. But I got them in after I got divorced. And, you know, like I got divorced and I was like, oh, I feel like if I, I was just sad, you know, and you go on this, like you're feeling lonely and you think, oh, if I get the boobs, that'll make me feel better about myself and then I'll feel happy. And like, I always like big boobs too. And my boobs, I've got boobs, but they're just saggy. Like they just need filling out. So I got them. And then I remember like, you know, a month into it, still waking up every day feeling sad. Like wow. being really thin because I was starving the fuck out of myself yeah. and drinking heaps and then having these big fake boobs. And then it's, I was just the same. I felt exactly the same. And then now, you know, I've met Craig and then before, when I got them in, I wasn't eating this way. I didn't, you know, have any of the knowledge I have around nutrition and metabolism. And I just don't feel like they align anymore with what I believe and what I value. And this is the message that I'm trying to put out to women. Again, not that I have anything against fake boobs. Like other women, I look at their fake boobs and think that's amazing. But I just, I feel like, like why I don't get Botox, why I don't get fillers. You know, not again that I have anything against that. Because I look at women yeah. who get them, I'm like, oh, you look so amazing. Oh, my fucking life. Yeah. You know, but I think it just doesn't, you're not sending, I'm not sending the right message. Like I'm saying, eat good food, heal your metabolism, you know, love your body, yet here I am with fake tits and pumping myself full of Botox. Doesn't really, doesn't, it doesn't doesn't align. So no Botox, no fillers, no fake boobs soon. So that's why. And that's like, I, I, so, yeah, I so agree with that. It's the, it's for me, it was what message am I sending out into the world? And, Mm -hmm. and I felt that my boobs were sending out the wrong message about who I was. Mm. Um, and I also know, like, for some women, they want to, like, that's the thing, there's just nothing wrong with whatever you want to do to your body. Mm. There's nothing wrong with it. But 
I would say coming at it from the right intention. So say like your story, mm-hmm. the moment that I decided to get my boobs done, I was, I remember specifically when it happened. So obviously I've been obsessed for 20 years, mm-hmm. um, probably, probably longer, 30 years was never going to get it done. And then when I was 40, I hooked up with this guy that I was dating back when I was, we weren't really dating. Well, I don't know what you'd call it. (laughs) One of those. Anyway, we hooked up again when I was 40 and we went out to dinner and one thing led to another. We went back to his place and I hadn't been with a guy in like years, like a really long time. And we were getting, we were on the bed and we're getting all sort of sexy. and, And he, I remember like he unclipped my bra and he, he'd seen me naked before, like 20 years, 10 years ago, whenever we'd caught up before. Anyway, he unhooks my bra. And I just remember this feeling of shame coming over me. Like I was so sick and tired of this feeling of not being good enough and my breasts not being big enough and feeling like I was a disappointment when a man took my bra off. Mm. And that just that feeling of just disappointment like shame for not being enough according to whatever the fuck society says that we yeah. should and I just remember then and there I went that's it that's enough I'm not feel, I don't want to feel like this ever again and so it was two weeks after that night with that guy that I got them done and I just it was the wrong intention to get them done with I think there are some women that they love them and they they have a fantastic yeah. relationship with their fake boobs yeah yeah coming to it from a really healthy perspective Mm. I think you can have a good experience if you're coming from the wrong the right intention but for Mm. me I was coming at it from a place of lack like I'm not good enough and probably the same for you like that Mm. you look to these implants as if they're going to be the answer to what the void that you're feeling yeah and it never is it's never going to fill a void never it's expensive mistake so expensive (laughs) (laughs) but my my theory is like I spent 23000 all up on getting the implants in and having them taken out. Mm. Twenty three grand. That's a lot of money. Mm. But I'm then going, all right, well, I learned a lot from the yeah. experience. It's cheaper than a university degree. so And it's, you know, like it's just it money. Is. You know, you can earn money back. Yeah. Like, and, you know, if you, don't, if you die of bloody cancer. Yeah. Not that I'm saying that all women who've got breast implants are going to die from cancer, but, you know, like you just think, well, like, I don't know how you could possibly argue that having silicon implants in your body is healthy. Like you can't. No. You can't. Like it's not healthy. It's an uphill battle to prove that one. For yeah. Sure. yeah. And the body, the body itself, you've got two, like I had a nose job when I was 20, 20, whatever, whatever, young, 23, mm. four, something like that. Never love it. Love it. Mm. This feels like my nose. But the difference between a nose job or, or breast implants is, you're not putting fake objects, like objects with highly toxic material inside your body. For years and years. Years and years and years and where all sorts of things, where the body will, will assume that that's an enemy um, object and will go mm. to attack it and will mm. put all its resources to trying to get this foreign object out of the body. Like, and that's the thing, I don't do Botox. I used to do that as well. But it's, mm. it's sort of this, this, this putting of poison into your body. There's just, I mean... And like a rhinoplasty, it's sort of just shaved. I had a little bump on my nose and it just sort mm. of shaved it off. And that was, you know, I love that. I'm really happy with that decision. Mm. Um, yeah, but putting putting sort of foreign objects in your body, um, all for, for um, again, I think of the cancer patients for reconstructive. Um, so when I looked at the research, the rates of issues that women have who've had 
breast implants for reconstructive purposes are a lot mm. less than women who've had them for cosmetic surgery. Yeah, wow. So they, they, they can still have issues, but when, it, and I think it's because the intention behind having implants when you've got cancer, it's, it's for a healing. The intention is about healing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and coming back to a sense of wholeness in your body that's been kind of uh, damaged by this disease. So mm. That's a very different intention from a woman who goes, my boobs aren't big enough, I need to have implants, you know, mm. like a sense of not good enough. So they're very different intentions and I think that is what affects the, the difference in um, the, the issues that women might have depending mm. on the reason they, they had them done. So, yeah, that's the, I just found that quite interesting. Mm. It is and it's, yeah, I know there'd be so many women like us who just got them because they thought that they would make them feel like better yeah. like and it just doesn't no. you just, there's that sense of emptiness like oh fuck mm. I thought this was going to be I thought I'd feel better I know totally and then you're like you've got these big boobs that you yeah you're like these, and look I did have liked having them yeah I have liked having them in like I haven't and Craig's likes them yeah <laughs> they do look fantastic yeah it's like but then I think well they'll still like he'll still love me without them you know, yeah. like I just, I just I feel like they're really heavy and big now. I'm like, I just want them out of me. Yeah. I just want to get them out now. Like, you know, and who knows what effect they're having on my body. Yeah. Well, they certainly, I had the first, like the, I had, I made the decision to have mine out mm. um, six, six months after getting them in. I, I think that may be a record. I'm not sure that the nurses in the recovery room, they, they, They'd never seen it before. Apparently I had a big smile on my face when I came out of the surgery. It was, um, yeah, I was very happy. As opposed to when I got them in and, and the kind of pain I experienced was unlike anything I've felt before. But um, um, I just lost my train of thought with that one. What was I? Oh, about um, the implants and, like, having having them out so quickly. So, like, fi- oh, gone. <laughs> Absolute blank. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> Well, we know it was about boobs. That's a good point too. Yeah, no, we know it was about boobs. What are we talking about? Oh, like just wanting to get them out out of you. Like you obviously made the decision and then you're in. You put, would have only probably just really healed properly too by six months, hey? Oh, probably not even. They do say you've got to give it six months for them to drop and settle. Mm-hmm. You've learned all of this lingo. And then it's about a year for them to really fall into place. But they don't change too much from the six months, like from when they drop. And, and settle into place to the year, uh, they don't really change that much. So when mine sort of dropped, they were still quite high and still quite fake looking. And, mm. and I just hated, I know some women really love that. Um, they, they love that fake look. But um, for me, I just didn't, it just didn't work for me. That's what I was going to say. So the implants that I had, they were the furry ones. Oh, um, the textured ones. The textured ones. The bad ones. Yeah, the bad yeah. ones. And I didn't know this. I had already decided to have mine out. But the day after I had them taken out, there was a big um, a news story about mm. how furry implants were being banned around the world because they had been linked to a very rare form of cancer. Mm. And so I actually did have the ones um, that were linked to the cancer and it was just my intuition I think that shit yeah I just think my intuition was just like get these out of me they're just not healthy so mm. um, and then I don't even think that despite those I don't know for sure actually so but I don't think Australia has banned them um, mm. even though there are links to to cancer so yeah I've got the textured ones but he said they're the, the least textured 
So they're not the really textured ones. So he said, you've got the lowest chance. Like I think he said one in 86,000, but I'm like, it's still high. Like still high in 86,000, isn't it? Yeah, it's still high. Yeah. yeah. So how was it like when you first got them out? Like how did you feel? Unbelievable. Really? Unbelievable. It was like I, I, it was, it was like I got the experience that I paid like 23, I look at spending $23,000, I don't look as a waste of money because mm. I got what I wanted. I just didn't get it in the way I thought. So I thought it would give me the feeling once I had the boobs, I'd feel great. Mm. But I actually had that feeling once I'd had the boobs and then had them taken out. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> the process. I yeah. just went the long way around. But I just felt like the trance had been lifted. Mm. I was no longer conditioned by this belief that somehow my breasts were linked to my worthiness that my breasts are completely fine and that's the other thing the doctor who took them out because once you pay your money this was certainly my experience mm. once you pay your money to get breast implants um well up until the point that you pay the money to get breast implants the nurses at the doctor's office and the doctor himself they are your best friends they love you they make you feel so special and you can call at any time you can pop in have a coffee whatever like you feel like you are so important then you pay the money they're still nice to you like you know they're sort of like a little bit more kind of methodical with with dealing with you once you've had your breast implants then you are a number you are like uh, a problem that they kind of they will it, it's almost like I felt once I'd had my breast implants in I was um I was just an issue I was some I was somebody that was in the way like if I called and said I think I've got a little problem with the left breast implant it was like okay I'll get the nurse to call you back there was no hi how are you how you like it was like I was just a number that they couldn't wait to get rid of crazy very impersonal so (coughs) and then they were very difficult when I wanted to go back and and have the doctor have a look about getting them out so I just in the end I was like I, I do not even want to go back to that place so that was a little bit disappointing. Um, I found another doctor to take them out. Um, he ended up taking out too much breast tissue of one side of my breast. So not only that was when I actually came out of the surgery, my breasts were super flat, like really, really flat because they completely deflate. Um, Did he take, do that on purpose? No, no, no. no he. Um, well, this is the thing. So I was just worried that, you know, because I had little breasts, you know they were they were cute. Um, just oh, no. sorry, sorry about that. Um, so they they were like really cute, but they were really flat when I came out of recovery. Mm. And so I asked him about it. I said, "Oh, look, I'm just a little bit worried." And he, you know, I'm worried that they're a lot smaller than what they were. And he kind of he lifted up my gown and had a look. This I'm still in recovery room, and he lifted up my gown and he laughed and he goes, "Yeah, they're really small." And I just really? went, "That's crazy!" Like I can't believe you would say that, Doctor. I know. I was just like beside myself. These these men that mm. I don't. Oh my god! I was just I couldn't quite believe it at the time and then when I went back in and I sort of after you after a week or so and I could tell that my breasts were uneven like one was slightly bigger than the other and I'm freaking out so I go into him and I say look you know my breasts are uneven they're not they're not the same Mm. and he goes well yeah you're right and I said well like what's the 
And he's like, what do you want me to do about it? And I'm like, well, they weren't like this before. And he said, well, I didn't, I didn't do anything. And I'm like, well, my breasts are uneven. And then finally I kept pushing him and he was denying, denying, denying. Eventually he said, I may have taken out a slither more breast tissue on one side than the other. But there's nothing, you know, basically he was saying it's not my problem anymore. But does it, does it grow back? Does the breast tissue grow again? Or? I'm going to believe that it can because yeah. I do believe that anything is possible. But mm. um, my breasts are certainly different from when they, like before I had implants, there's now scarring underneath the breast and one breast is slightly smaller than the yeah. other. Yeah, wow. Weirdly and ironically, I love them more than ever. Because yeah. of mine and because of everything I've been through. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, I'm proud of, you know, my little lopsided breasts. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I've I fought for them really. And now I've chosen them as yeah. opposed to before when I, I was so embarrassed by them. Now I'm like, yeah, these are my breasts and and itsy and bitsy, baby. <laughs> I love it. Mine will be like the Spaniel's ears when I get mine out. I've got to flip them over my shoulder. That's what I say to Craig. I'm like, that's nice. Bounce heaps when I'm riding you, you know, like that'll be good. That'll be fun. Like more than my dupes do now because, you know, the fake. (laughs) I just think if women are going to do this, they have to be so careful about, you know, like one, I would say don't, don't fucking do it. Spend your money on something else. Um, But if people do do it, you have to be just so careful about mm. who you go to um, and just not being pressured into anything, uh, asking, not being worried about being annoying and asking too many questions mm. and, and getting second opinions. Have Like that's the thing. I think I felt that I was somehow, I didn't want to be too annoying. I didn't want to, like I didn't want to be too much trouble. Mm. Um, I didn't want to take up too much time, blah, blah. I would do everything completely differently this time. Mm. I'm the one paying them fifteen thousand dollars. They should be like laying out the red carpet for me. Which I they know. And then they yeah, until I got your money, they're like, away once I tell the time. How many they do? Like the guy that I'm going to, he does implants and he replaces them and does explants. And he's like, it was two months to even just get in to do a surgery with him. Yeah. Like it's, it's like going into the post office. It's, he'd be making it. He'd gold mine. Yeah, he'd be mint. You know? When I went in there, the guy, the guy that I went to, he had six consultation rooms. Um, they were all full at the time, plus a big waiting room with about 10 women all sitting around the walls waiting for their turn. And he, like, it was a, like a sushi train. It was just like around and around and around. It was just like a conveyor belt. We were just numbers. Um, and that's why I also looked in those waiting rooms and I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, where did this all, like, like when did we start getting this message that we're not good enough the way we are or like it goes back to that discussion we had in the last podcast about worthiness like I think that these these industries they 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 know then they play on women's insecurities and feelings of unworthiness and that these 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 boobs are going to make you feel better about yourself well they don't very Mm. rarely Oh, I know. I know. I think I'm like, oh, I wouldn't expect, well, mine will be 17. So not quite as much as yours. It's 10 and 7 to get them out. Pretty so, good. Yeah, like, Craig's like, Craig's like <laughs> oh, that's, you know, like three grand per year we got out of them, you know. He's like, okay. he's like, we'll take some photos. <laughs> yeah. 
have a have a bye bye boob party. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll take some before photos and I'll do some photos of after the surgery, and then you know I'll share them with people. I'm like I don't care. I'm like uh, just show women. I'm just it'll be interesting to see what they'll they'll look like after. I'm sure they'll be beautiful because they'll be natural. They'll be yours. It'll just be it'll just be good to not have. The, I was also thinking I'm like oh it's gonna be good. Like there's some tops in my wardrobe that don't fit me now. Yeah, because they're like too tight because of the tits, and I'm like, now they're going to fit. I'm like, yay! <laughs> I threw out all my expensive bras when I got my boobs done, and then I got them taken out, and I'm like, damn it! Oh, I bet, I bet, because then well, Craig's like, oh, this will be exciting. You'll be able to go and buy like all new underwear. I'm like, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah it's that's super good. expensive though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How was the recovery? The the difference in experience was when I had them done, mm. the pain that I felt like they talk about. Oh, you you might be in pain for a couple of weeks like everything gets downplayed oh it's so painful and i reckon and I, I, I woke up in the kind of pain i'd never experienced in my life that i didn't even know existed and i had the bags because mine was so big you get bags that soak up all the blood like it's just don't you reckon it feels like you've been repeatedly beaten across the chest with a baseball bat that's what i felt like someone had got a baseball bat and gone like whack 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 like smash me yeah, it's and that's, so that's, bad. You know, that's I mean, the breasts are you know they are a sacred part of the woman's body, and here we are just massacring it <sighs> with the <laughs> <laughs> dramatic, but it's true. We're like like these. We get put under anaesthetic, so we're not. Um, I mean, I've watched some of those cosmetic surgery shows and they're pretty I forced myself to watch them um, so did you watch the getting them out did you watch yeah people? I didn't watch no but I've just watched no. I've watched the way doctors are when you're under anesthetic is and they are rough they are really you. Oh. and you know they're slicing you open oh. and then they're pulling back the skin and because oh I didn't God, know, I hate blood <laughs> so I think you you were saying so they're cutting you open and so they stretch the skin and then, um, so for me, the pain of coming out of that surgery, it felt like the anaesthetic just delayed the experience. So it did feel like I was awake and alert for the procedure just after it had been done. So it felt like I had, I like somebody had cut my skin open, my chest open and shoved these things inside and then sewed me up and I could feel every single part. It was violent and hideous and gross. And so that to me was the first sign that I'd done something to my body that I perhaps shouldn't have done. Mm. And then obviously, and also the pain lasted a lot longer than what they said it would. So it probably lasted four weeks of intense pain mm. um, as opposed to just two weeks. Um, in contrast to when I had them out, it was not at all painful. I didn't feel there was literally no pain. I don't think I experienced any any pain. Oh, I just experienced very, yeah, no. Uh, I was smiling in recovery room. The nurses were all like, we've never had somebody who looks so happy. Mm. You know, everyone just looks a bit drugged out. But um, And then the next day, 24 hours later, I was, I, I, I just felt normal. Like I didn't have any pain and that might be different for other people. Just for me, having them out was nothing compared to having them in. And that also gave, told me that I'd made the right decision to have them out. Um, my body just sort of, it loved me for it. Aww. Well, I'm hoping that my recovery will be speedy like that too. Yeah. I mean, you've got to take it easy for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, no training. 
yeah, no training. training for two whole weeks. No. And then he said after yeah. that, you can then train again, but obviously like won't be doing any bloody bench press or anything. Or no, probably- yeah, you want to take it easy. But in terms yeah. of it on a pain, pain threshold, it was like a pain level. It was nothing compared to getting them in. Mm, that's what a lot of people who've had them out that I've spoken to have said the same thing and the recovery is way quicker they reckon oh way quicker yeah crazy quicker yeah yeah like it's it is like the body's just like thank you and I shall reward you with uh like less pain and recovery (laughs) things out of me oh god yeah it's just um yeah, it's so fun. I never would have thought that I'd be getting them out, you know, like when I got them in and having them yeah. in and, you know, like. And you haven't had any problems with them. Like it doesn't sound like you've had any issues or no, any. No, yeah. nothing. Did, did you have issues with them when they're in? No, no, I've, I've, I've heard a lot about women um, that have had breast implant illness, which still is not regarded as an illness by the medical industry mm. um, because I think the cosmetic surgery industry is so invested in not having it sort mm. of um, regarded as a real in- illness. Mm. So women are kind of self-diagnosing uh, themselves. And um, but I didn't have any. Of, I didn't have any problems. It was just Same. there was just something in me that just said this. These things should not be in my body. Yeah. yeah. And then how long was it till you were back to like your full normal self could do everything? Oh, like a, a couple of weeks. Really? Of weeks. Yeah, but certainly not until they have come back to um like they're still not like they were they're, they're not like they were um mm. the, there's the, there's a loss of tissue they're definitely different from how they were like if i even though i don't regret doing it if i had my time again and i knew what i knew i would not do it mm. yes yeah, so, but it's hard to say it's hard to say yeah i know you can't it's like good lesson you know good experience yeah. it makes you who you are yeah you know, I think it's like, oh, no one died. You know, no. Just and money. I think for me, I, I just go, all right, and that's why I wrote It's in Bitsy, the book, um, because I Let's talk to about your book. Let's talk yeah. about your So I'm going to put the – so how can people buy it? So if I put a link so, – It's on Kindle. Okay, Kindle. Okay, so I'll just – I'll put the link down the bottom to the Kindle so you can buy it on Kindle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then in a couple of months it will be available on ebook and all of the other um, formats, but – I just thought I've spent 25, not that I'm trying to make money out of this um, because I've been, as I said, I've been writing books for years. I haven't made any money. <laughs> I've made a little bit, but it's yeah. just, yeah, it's not a career path for me. But anyway, I wanted to at least do something with my story. I felt like I needed to, like I, I couldn't just walk away from this experience not doing anything with it. It just yeah. felt like a waste. So yeah. I thought, all right, I'm going to share my experience. And then I started writing and it all felt really heavy. Like it felt like I was telling a really heavy story, like we're talking sexually, being sexually molested when I was nine. And, and you know, there was just some heavy stuff in there. And I just thought I just don't want to write a heavy book. Yeah. So I thought I know what I'll do. Rather than me tell the story, I'll let my boobs do the talking. So yeah. I thought I'm going to tell the story from the perspective of my boobs and so I mm. called them Itsy and Bitsy because that's that's who they are. Mm. And so it, the book is called Itsy and Bitsy Two Little Boobs Who Dream of Making It Big. Mm. And it was it's about, you know, these two little boobs who grow up small and all of their <laughs> friends, their booby <laughs> friends are growing up around them and um and they think that to make it in the world in um what is called the penis world is that they have to be big. <laughs> Love it. That's so and, good. And, um, and anyway, then they find out that they can, so they go to Boobiversity 
um, to get a boob job and then they realise that they can actually, there's another kind of boob job they can get where they don't have to spend years of study, they can just buy one, they can buy buy themselves a boob job. And so it's this kind of experience, it's fun, it's lighthearted, but there's a deeper message in it which is mm. that ultimately um, having this plastic inside you is not ultimately going to make you happy and then they mm. obviously have them out. So it's, it's my story just told in a fictional way from the perspective of Bitsy and Bitsy. So it's just a fun, light-hearted way to tell my story that's not too heavy but still has yeah, yeah, yeah. behind it. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it's super short as well. So it's a really quick read and I just thought, you know, that there it is. There's my story. There's my offering. Mm. Um, and that just makes me feel a bit better about um, having gone through the experience that I can share it in a way that others might relate to it and it might help women make their decision whether or not to get them done. Well, hopefully so, this this will, I guess maybe to finish off then, like what advice would you give to a woman who was thinking about getting it done, getting them in? I would say, because as I've said before, there's nothing, and as you said, there's just, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. Like every woman has the right to do what she wants to do with her body and there's nothing wrong with any decision that like we might not agree with other women's decisions as to what they do with their body, but it's not for anyone to say. Mm. So it's not, it's, it's not coming from a moral perspective, but what I would say is if you are considering getting them done, really try and be an, as honest with yourself as possible about why it is you're getting them done. And if mm. it's because you, there's a part of you that doesn't feel good enough, or you think that breast implants is going to make you feel better about yourself, mm. then I would say really look at that first before you go and spend the money on the implants, look at perhaps healing that void within you first. Mm. And then if down the track, you feel like you're coming from a place of, celebration and joy and expansion and you know coming from a really healthy uh intention Mm. my guess is if you are in that state you're probably not going to want breast implants anyway if you're feeling that Mm. um but if make sure your intention going into breast implants is is coming from a really healthy loving joyful place because that intention will then set up the experience that you have with your implants going forward that's so true so i would say intention is the most important thing mm. oh, so good well so thanks so much um headley for coming on again and um if you're listening to this i'll pop the link below uh to headley's book so you can um purchase that and have a read and you know maybe we'll inspire some women not to get them perhaps and save themselves some fucking money too Jeez. <laughs> I was going to say go on a holiday but, yeah, you can't, really do can't do that's buddy corona just put it in an index fund. <laughs> oh, God, I think about like. Yeah, that won't do much. Oh, well, it's only money. Can't take it with you, you know, like whatever. Exactly. You know, I'll be able to update everyone, post boobs, photos and everything. And Yeah, yeah I can't wait. And and all the best with your um, explant and congratulations mm. on making such an amazing and empowering decision for yourself. And I'm sure you'll be an inspiration to many women and many of your audience so you with know, my spaniel's ears what <laughs> my spaniel's ears i shouldn't call them that they are probably going to be pretty because i'm like oh you know you say they'll probably remove more of the tissue so i'm like there'll be even less in them then than they are now oh, are you going to keep the implants oh nah did you did no, you? no, yeah. I didn't have the, I didn't, again, you, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know to ask or think about it. No. it just, I was thinking, I'd chug yeah. them away, you know, yeah. bye-bye. My friend was saying we could use them for a, um, like a, 
like coasters or some shit. Oh, really? on a <laughs> but yeah, expensive coasters. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much, Kim. Oh, really so I know it's always good to have you on, and I'm sure we'll, you know, have you on again to talk about something else related yeah, to. Yeah, I'll go and up some other some other, other good ideas. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, th- thanks yeah. so much, and I'll um, I'll thanks. speak to you soon. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.